1: approach to crime fighting can't get any worse you know we sink to a new level todd and you know i don't even know how we look at the victims and tell them with a straight face that in chicago we're actually trying to solve these crimes the statistics prove otherwise you have a 90 percent chance of shooting someone and getting away with it in the city of chicago without ever being investigated and it's absolutely disgusting it's a travesty to justice and we have not seen any trends that show any kind of hope for the victims who are often forgotten about. We know that our police officers put together cases. Our detectives are doing their best to try and put cases that the state's attorney, Kim Fox, can prosecute, but oftentimes are being rebuffed by her office, being placed undue burden and hurdles in front of them. And from recent standpoint, we have seen where we're not even promoting lieutenant sergeants and detectives within the ranks to actually solve these crimes, that we're focusing more on closing cases without actually solving anything, which only emboldens criminals to know that they can literally get away with murder on the streets of Chicago and not face any kind of repercussion. I don't think that necessarily the political leadership from Lightfoot, Kim Fox, and everyone else on down hears or even cares at this point, but I do know that on the ground, that the residents of Chicago want to see this turn around. They don't want to live in fear. I heard it all yesterday from our National Nights Out. And I think that you're going to see an uprising of the electorate with safety above all else.
0: Sandy Rios with you. Yeah, I can attest to that because Bruce and I were in Chicago over the weekend at a wedding visiting friends. That's our hometown, as you know. Uh, and it is, it's um, life goes on, but you can feel the oppression of the city. Uh, and it, it's very sad. And by the way, that was a Democratic alderman, Raymond Lopez. It has, It is becoming increasingly apparent to me that the oppression that's creeping upon all of us in this country really has nothing to do with race uh, or party. Uh, it is not a Republican issue or a Democratic issue. I've said that for a long time. It's an issue of freedom for regular people. And so uh, he was just – you heard his heart cry. It's not only the police are coming under tremendous pressure. By the way, a female officer was killed uh, Saturday night, and the second officer in, it was just a traffic stop, is fighting for his life. And since uh, 2016, there have been 212 mass shootings in Chicago, 126 deaths, and 1,032 injuries. And only since Kim Fox has been in office, two convictions. Think about that, and that's what he's talking about. Well, that's a microcosm of what's happening across the country. And then you have someone like Cori Bush, who's a congresswoman from Texas, uh, who is, as I recall, using something like $700,000 of uh, federal money to provide you know, uh, security for herself. Well, she was attacked for that, and she had a very interesting <laughs> response to it, and I thought you'd like to hear it. This is clip five. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts
1: on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend $10, $10, $10 more on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety now.
0: So, uh, suck it up and defund the police, but not for me, because I have important work to do, and I need to be protected. She went into great detail about her body at another clip. Uh, how important it is, and so, so what we have again? She's of course black. That alderman was Hispanic. What we have is an increasingly desperate, disparate. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, what's good for you is not good for me, and again. This is not about race and color. You're going to see as we talk this morning, that's kind of a theme. Um, It's a a class uh, creepiness that's coming across us hanging like a pall. It's those that are connected and politically correct versus, oh, and have a lot of stuff. And those who are just regular folk, uh, they're the ones that are becoming the attack. I talked to a very strong um, uh, Democratic, I wouldn't say operative, but businessman who's very much a Democrat in in, a— Chicago over the weekend, and he was telling me how the middle class is being destroyed. And I thought, I didn't, I did not counter because I, because it was, uh, because it was an awkward situation. I would like to say that's exactly what the goal is. Do you not understand? You're part of that middle class, you're a business owner, and you've been supporting these people, and what they want to do is destroy you and your business, and that's exactly what you're saying. So, uh, but to the issue of police. Across the country over the weekend, uh, Antifa uh, was uh, making their statement, their, their usual statement. They hate police. And let me just say that a Washington state sheriff's deputy was shot uh, His in Vancouver, Washington. This is just over the weekend. Um, the suspect remains at large, but the Antifa accounts have been celebrating on Twitter. Uh, so Andy Noah's reporting this, and he said um, the bios on these Twitter accounts are use terminology such as A-C-A-B, which is all cops are bees. That word starts with a B. And responding to the news of the deceased deputy with mocking comments such as cheers, aldering to that, another user reacted to the news with takbar, which refers to the phrase "Allahu akbar, Arabic for God is great. Another user with the Antifa logo logo as its profile photo celebrated the deputy's death by writing, I'll bet his pig family is crying. And so um, earlier in this week, by the way, an Oregon man was convicted of felony arson for throwing an explosive device at a police officer in Portland, and it looks as though he was part of Antifa. Setting you up because they are, of course, the uh, anti-police, uh, they're they're the... Um, Oh, The the, uh, black shirts, they're the black shirts of this administration uh, and of the FBI, I have to say. Uh, When's the last time we saw them arrested and in jail? Like the January 6th protesters. Oh, I don't think we've seen that, have we? No, because they can do what they want to do with impunity, and I'll make my point. On Sunday, I believe it was Sunday, it was over the weekend, there was a group of Christians who gathered on, it was a body of water, it's a waterfront, and down downtown Portland, so it's maybe it's an inlet of some kind. Uh, and they were going to have a worship service. They had the sound set up, and they were getting ready. And guess who shows up? It's Antifa. They come in all of their black regalia, and they start attacking. Um, and so before it, uh, the attack finished. I want you to hear just a little bit of what it sounded like. Let's listen.
1: Yes, we speak peace to you in the name of Jesus' name. What, what the f*** Knock him out. Hey, come on now. Man. Get back, get back. Calm down. No, no. You're a good man. What?
3: Calm
2: down. We're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. All cops are in the name of Jesus, Amen.
0: We have children. All cops are bees, he says, as he grabs the mic, in the name of Jesus. And you hear this guy say, we speak peace to you in the name of Jesus. But what you don't see is these guys in black, especially one, charging at the people. So what did they do? Well, they took their sound equipment and ripped it out and threw it in the water. They stole their food. They sprayed... I don't know if it was paint. They did some paint. They did some other kinds of spray at the children, even babies. And guess what the police did? They did nothing. They did nothing. Andy No actually was uh, back in Portland. That's his hometown. Remember when Andy was with us? His parents are still there. So Andy No is the Vietnamese uh, gay journalist who was beaten by Antifa probably maybe two years ago now. Uh, So they recognized him in the crowd, and this is what happened. Let's listen.
3: So uh, as you viewers probably know, uh, just about two years ago, I was beaten badly by them when I was covering a public demonstration in downtown Portland, but that didn't um, silence me. I continued to do my reporting, come up with different ways. I wised up. This particular time, I was actually undercover fully in their uniform, marching along with them. I think what gave it away, though, is they paid attention to the fact that I wasn't engaging in criminal activities with them, such as throwing projectiles at law enforcement or trying to damage the central you police You know what? I'm station. going to interrupt Andy so they- because
0: I'm realizing I'm running out of time here. But it basically talks about how they, they grabbed him and beat him again, uh, hit him in the head. And so uh, that's Andy No, and that's Portland. And that's where the police did not show up. And I guess Cory Bush would be glad because, you know, you needed to fund the police, and um, I guess the people in Chicago will just have to suck it up, as Corey suggests, uh, because you don't need police. I need protection, but you don't. Not regular people. I'll tell you where lots of police were over the weekend, though. Oh, lots of them and lots of black um, you know, SUVs with Secret Service. It was amazing. And that is at um, Martha's Vineyard, where Barack Obama had his 60th birthday party. Uh, Many people that were there, and there were lots of people there, lots of celebrities I should share with you. It was like Jay-Z, Beyonce, Steven Spielberg, Bradley Cooper, uh, Stephen Colbert, Bruce Springsteen, Tom, Rita Hanks. You know, you get the idea. Uh, And um, uh, singer Erika Badu posted a video. Everything else was taken down, but she posted a video, and um, Obama was holding a microphone, dancing on stage, uh, and she said, "Y'all never seen Obama like this in your life." She she posted another one where she caught him behind her dancing with a woman—not his wife. Not that that you know that happens. I'm not, but just telling you, I'm describing. And I thought you might want to hear what the police were protecting. Let's get a little glimpse of it. <laughs> Okay, so that's what your Secret Service dollars were doing over the weekend. And there were several hundred people. The the police, one of the policemen was heard over his police transmitter saying this is a S-H blank show. And so um, people descended. I think the guest list was originally 500 people. We're going to talk about COVID in a second. But a lot of criticism came Obama's way because of, uh, well, they weren't masking uh, they said they were going to cancel the party and then they decided to go ahead with the party and then they did have the party and we know from some pictures that were smuggled out i guess we could say that they were not masking they were having a good time and i there was a musician who was there and he filmed the the whole thing and i saw i watched it and as uh, he was t- filming them riding the golf cart trying to get there and all the pro- protocols they went through the dogs sniffing for bombs and all of that and then when they got into uh their uh, prep- their place where they were preparing to go up on the stage there were bags it was a bag, a bag. Okay, I got it. It looked, look. I, call me crazy, but I think it was marijuana. Yes, I do. It was labeled white cookies, and he picked up the bag. He go, "Oh, that's cool, man. That's great." Uh, I and other other sources have said, you know, that m- marijuana is legal in Massachusetts. So the president, as in Obama, had a really great party. People are saying, you know, no one's ever seen anything. Like this, they estimate the cost might have been about a million dollars, and the police were there to protect them. Well, isn't that good to know? And so um Annie Kearney is a New York Times reporter, and uh, she was sort of challenged about them not wearing masks, and this is she had an explanation. Let's listen, clip thirteen.
1: Uh, other people said, you know, this is really being overblown. They're following all the safety precautions. People are going to sporting events that are bigger than this. This is going to be safe. This is a sophisticated, vaccinated crowd.
0: And, and this is just about optics. It's not about safety.
2: All right, <laughs> Annie Carney, thanks so much. Uh, we'll a sophisticated, see how it plays out. vaccinated uh, crowd. So that's
0: different. They are sophisticated and vaccinated. And, of course, I guess they haven't talked to Dr. Fauci, who is telling us now that the vaccinated have to wear a mask, too, because they're spreading the disease. So I guess they didn't get that memo. But this they're a very sophisticated crowd. By the way, John Kerry flew privately to get to that party. The State Department is denying that. But uh, the Daily Mail posted photos of him disembarking from the plane and walking his dogs at the Martha's Vineyard Airport. I guess he took his dogs on his private And so, lots of police there to protect him, too. You get the picture? Yeah, we're talking about two Americas here. They said that for a long time, the left. And I I didn't know that they were actually setting the stage to get us used to the idea, but they are. Uh, Stay tuned. There's a lot to talk about today. You know, there is. There always is. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
3: Hi, my name's Eric. And I'm Kendra. And we have been married a little over two years now. Honestly, I think the the most challenging part of our marriage so far, we're right in the middle of it. We're trying to have kids right now. I have a spinal cord injury, so that makes things a little more difficult. And um, I just am am dealing with some issues with infertility. The difficulty is on my end. But it's our infertility. But it is our, yeah. Because we're right. one now. <laughs> and I I think what's really helped us through this is keeping Jesus at the center of it all and knowing that anything that causes you to lean and depend on Jesus more is actually a blessing. Yes, it's heartening to to know that I have someone who's, she's on my team.
5: Tune into By Design as we explore God's true purpose
2: and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net.
0: This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
5: Today we pray for Spiro Stefanu, administrator of the Economic Research Service. He leads research efforts at the USDA that impact the future of agriculture and expansion of food production. Genesis 1:12 reminds us of God's gifts of food. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, and each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. God, we ask you to guide Spiro Stefanu as he oversees the movement of our nation's agriculture and food production. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit. Nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausedopray.org.
2: Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting Starnes to the number 49596. Netflix, the online streaming service, is in big trouble. They lost nearly a half million subscribers during the second quarter. Netflix blamed its troubles on the spring and summer months, but that's not it. It seems most Americans don't appreciate the far-left turn Netflix has taken over the past few years. They've gone woke. Netflix recently announced a partnership with Barack and Michelle Obama, churning out propaganda disguised as entertainment. Netflix also over-sexualized its content, basically becoming a soft porn channel. They drew the wrath of parents after broadcasting Cuties, a program that sexualized little girls. Families are just not going to spend money on that sort of garbage. They long for the days of Everybody Loves Raymond and The Andy Griffith Show. And trust me, there's no place for Mayberry on Netflix. My new book is now the number one Christian inspirational book in the country. You can order a copy right now at ToddStarnes.com.
3: Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the Morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy
2: Rios in the Morning on American Family Radio.
5: You've brought up uh, regionally the South, but out uh, in the plains, in the Great Plains, we have Sturgis, South Dakota, there's a a gathering right now of some 700,000 people. Last year, it was a smaller turnout, and it was over about 150,000 people, and it, and it led to a massive outbreak in the Dakotas, where they became number one and number two uh, for essentially the rest of the calendar year of cases. What do you expect this rally to do to that part of the country?
2: Well, I'm very concerned, Chuck, that we're going to see another surge-related to that rally I mean to me it's 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 understandable that people want to do the kinds of things they want to do they want their freedom to do that but there comes a time when you're dealing with a public health crisis that could involve you your family and everyone else that something supersedes that need to do exactly what you want to do I mean you're gonna ultimately be able to do that in the future but let's get this pandemic under control before we start acting like nothing is going on. I mean, something bad is going on. I mean, we've got to realize that.
0: So you people on those Sturgis motorcycles are, you know, doing that motorcycle run. You people, you know, how could you be so selfish? Well, meanwhile, you people up there in um, Martha's Vineyard. Well, I guess because they're sophisticated and vaccinated, it's different, Right because Fauci had nothing to say about that. He had nothing to say about Chicago's Lollapalooza Festival, where Lori, this is a very famous like lesbian uh, music festival. Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, was there. And it's lots of people, and it's music, and it lasts a long time. Nothing to say about that. But those people, uh, and the Sturgis Motorcycle, riders—that they should, this is selfish. They can't just do you know exactly what they want to do. They, they should not do that. Uh, so um, I was just looking back in time here, and I remember Christy Noam, who's the governor of South Dakota, because Sturgis uh, is in South Dakota. She said the media lied about the event for a year. Uh, they've labeled it as a super spreader. That was not true. We continuously pushed back, and I'm glad that some of those facts are coming to light. It's all political. We did testing in that community for weeks afterwards. Yeah, they made up some story about, they actually tracked, I said, about 266,000 coronavirus cases came from that Sturgis Festival uh, two years ago, they called it a super spreader. So that's what the the media was saying. But Christy's saying that is just not true. They used a very unscientific, they just sort of threw numbers there. And so felt she had to jump on and saying, you know, attendees that a health crisis supersedes the need to do what you want to do, except for those people in Martha's Vineyard attending Barack Obama's 60th um, birthday cuz that was important. I mean that was really important and uh, besides they're they're sophisticated and vaccinated. So Fauci goes on to tell us uh that the uh the vi- the allowing the virus to replicate could make worse uh, could create a worse variant and could impact the vaccinated. And so he goes on and he's always there's always something new, right? There's always something new, but I want to just point out some other thing he's not talking about and that is the administration's allowing people into this country who are COVID po- positive. The mayor of McAllen, Texas, was on Fox over the weekend, and this is what he said.
1: Now, with the increase in COVID positivity, it went from 4% to 6 to 8%. Now in excess, immigrants are, are testing in excess of 16% positive. So now we can't even move them. Now they're staying. And we just can't handle that anymore. I think it's something that that Washington can take care of with a stroke of a pen, and they should.
0: Yes, but they're not going to. And maybe the reason they're not going to is because, well, it's not because they don't care that immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants are coming across the border with COVID infecting communities and then being flown on airplanes across the country. (laughs) spreading who knows what, not just COVID, I guarantee you. This has been a topic of discussion for a decade at least about the diseases being brought across the border because they don't have vaccinations in other countries, and people, of course, are coming from all over the world, not just Central and South America and Mexico. Uh, but but that seems to be okay, maybe because because President Joe Biden has it all figured out, and maybe he maybe they know something we don't know, and he accidentally told us about it, over the weekend, this is clip three. You
4: know, we have uh, roughly 350 million people vaccinated in the United States and billions around the world.
0: We have roughly 350 million people vaccinated in the United States. Maybe that maybe we got vaccinated in our sleep and we didn't know. So we're all safe. And I guess that's the reason that they're allowing people to come across the border with COVID positive because 350 million of us are Vaccinated? Not. That's your president, President Joe Biden. All right. So the problem continues, and um, there's all this discussion about the uh, the Delta variant, and of course, uh, you know, um, my husband and I have been affected by this. You know that Bruce was very, very ill, and I was sick, but not 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 hospitalized. Uh, so you know, I, I laugh about this because it's sardonic. I know people don't. Some don't like my sardonic. I don't know what else to do. It's so uh, ridiculous and so bizarre what we're living through. But um, uh, Dr. Marty Macari was on with um, uh, Wall Street Journal Report yesterday, and he was asked about immunity and the Delta variant, and I wanted you to hear what he had to say. Let's listen.
4: I think people have misunderstood misunderstood herd immunity to mean a finish line or something binary that implies eradication or elimination. It's always meant that the spread would be significantly slowed down. And we got there in May and June in this country, but Delta significantly changed things. We always knew that the remaining 10 to 20% of the adult population that is not immune, they don't have vaccinated or natural immunity, that they would eventually get it and we thought it was going to be a low stretched out epidemic curve in the fall and winter and maybe seasonally, which is something I referenced in that article. But Delta changed it and now the virus is ripping through those uh, 10 to 20% of adults very quickly. And as a result, many believe that we've simply downgraded this to a mild common cold that will, will probably peak. The models are showing Delta will peak at the end of August in a couple of weeks or early September. Well, you certainly can get infected again, but often those are mild and asymptomatic. And in the Danish study, it was six tenths of one percent of people who had the infection in the past will test positive in the future it may be a little higher with delta but these are often extremely mild cases so um, immunity is pretty strong we've been overly fixated paul to be very frank on antibodies antibodies do wane over time but the memory b cells and t cells continue to provide that protection against severe illness and we believe that protection is lifelong you know we've had arguments whether or not natural immunity is going to last And now the data are very clear. We're about 16 months into this pandemic observing uh, individuals who have been infected. They don't develop a subsequent severe illness. And we believe that immunity to be lifelong. And an Israeli study just showed that natural immunity is 6.7 times more effective than vaccinated immunity.
0: All right. So isn't that interesting? He said we have reduced now the Delta variant to like a mild common cold. And it's, it's moving quickly now through the 20% who don't have immunity or have not been vaccinated. Uh, and it, and that means it's becoming less viral. Of course, now uh, Fauci's telling us there's going the, the virus could replicate and it could make a worse variant. He's also talking about a third coronavirus vaccine shot for people with weakened immune systems. It's just, um, they will never stop on this. It doesn't seem to me that they will ever stop. Well, Ron DeSantis is a hero to many people, especially people in Florida. Maybe it's the reason why a thousand people, I think, are moving to Florida every week, uh, because of Governor DeSantis. Uh, you remember last week? Um, he told President he got really angry because the White House was telling him and uh, uh, mayor, the mayor of Tex uh, the mayor <laughs> the governor of Texas uh, to get out of the way. Get, don't stand in people's way. Get out of the way. And so Ron DeSantis blasted. President Biden, and said, I am standing in your way from taking taking people's freedoms. You're letting people across the border. You're putting them on planes with COVID positive. Do your job, is basically what he said. But he had more to say uh, in uh, subsequent days, and I want you to hear a couple of his statements. This one is about uh, Florida, of course, is coming under fire because the Delta variant has spread quickly. Now, you just heard Mark, uh, Dr. Bakari say that uh, it is becoming like a common cold, which is what I've been told. Also, uh, it's becoming—it's just not as lethal. It's spreading faster, but it's not as lethal. So, uh, Ron first, Ron, Governor DeSantis first addressed what the media is doing to whip people into a frenzy. This is clip nine. I think
3: protecting the vulnerable has been the right way to go, and um, you know I do anticipate us um, monitoring those indicators, but. I think it's important to point out because obviously media does hysteria you try to fear monger you try to do this stuff and when they'll talk about hospitalizations our hospitals are open for business like i said jackson the covid patients are half of what they were last year even in places that have more covid patients represent uh, a fraction of the overall hospital beds and so i don't want to see a repeat because of some of the media hysteria where people who have heart problems or stroke are not going in to get care. That happened in March of 2020 and in April. There was a huge decline in people who would show up to the ED. Literally people are having heart uh, heart attacks at home because they thought that there weren't either not enough room in the hospital or they thought that they would get COVID and die as a result of that. So we don't wanna uh, uh, follow that. People should be good. You should go. And then I would say just the broader public, particularly our seniors you know, who've been vaccinated, I think the, the data is clear. You may test positive. We, we <laughs> hope that that wouldn't happen, but that may, But the, the mortality and all that uh, is dramatically reduced. And so you do have protection. All
0: right. So uh, here's the thing. They talk about the people ca- getting COVID, testing positive, and they you know, the, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, but the, the death rate is not It's uh, it's been it has upticked a little bit, but nothing like what it was. And actually, in Chicago over the weekend, uh, some friends of ours have a son who is a um, a hospitalist in a major hospital in the Chicago suburbs, and he was telling them they have one COVID patient right now in ICU. One, that's it. And so uh, that's what the point Ron DeSantis is trying to make is that our hospitals are our. He's talking about Florida. Have plenty of room. We don't want people not coming. Those are the deaths that were never counted, the people that had chemo and wouldn't go for treatment. They were so afraid, and hospitals were were bat. They went crazy themselves. You can't come to the hospital. They're still crazy. Trust me, I just had that experience with uh, Bruce. I couldn't go in. I couldn't go see him. You know, you know, they have their rules, uh, uh, hospitals, and the hospital, uh, corporate entity has lost its mind. And people who are working in hospitals, doctors and nurses, are caught in the crosshairs. It's really, it's really a, a tragedy. I just heard, uh, I read another article that medical schools are going to going to start, you know, uh, forcing uh, vaccinations on students. So uh, it's it's endless. So uh, Ron DeSantis wasn't through because now, of course, they're pressuring Florida schools and others to put masks on children. And I wanted you to hear what he had to say about that. Clip ten. Excuse way. me, seven kids are in, in the Joe DiMaggio Hospital, two of them in our ICU. Don't you think the mask would help those poor children?
3: Do you have any data to suggest that? Do you know if they were wearing masks? Well, they're not right. They're not eligible for the vaccination. I mean, that's not, I mean, you know, to, to, well, so you're, you're, you're blaming the kids saying they weren't wearing masks and so they're in the ICU. With all due respect, I find that deplorable to blame a victim. Uh, who ends up uh, being being hospitalized you don't know their story you don't know what happened with that and this has been a really negative thing throughout this whole thing with some of these quote experts some of the media somebody cat somebody contracts a highly transmissible airborne virus and they're viewed as having done something wrong and that's just not the way you do it when people come in you treat them You know, we obviously have some people that are not vaccinated that have been admitted to hospitals. Are you going to sit there? Are you going to sit there? And are you going to sit there and criticize or are we going to try to treat and try to help the folks you know i'm just sick of this judge i'm sick of the judgment the, the judgmental stuff um on some of this stuff nobody's trying uh to to, to 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 get ill here okay it's a very you can there's people that were hermits for a year and a half that wore six masks and did that and still contracted it okay so so let's just be real here and um let's just let's not indulge these things that somehow it's their fault uh for not doing it. So.
0: Yes. Yeah, so God bless uh, Ron DeSantis. You see why people really respect him. He's just always on his game. And he knows this subject like the back of his hand. And so um, he's a fierce defender. And he's right. You know, I was saying when, when Bruce uh, was hospitalized, at, you know, uh, for COVID pneumonia, it was it was very frightening. And I've told you the whole thing, but this is a response we got from so many people. The first thing out of their mouth was, did you get vaccinated? You know, so that this like little, this little blame thing. Like, um, you know, so as though the vaccination would stop you from getting COVID. We know now that when you're vaccinated, you still spread it. That's what they're telling us. You can still get it. And yet still, you must be vaccinated. Go figure. So I wanted to talk to you. uh, uh, We talked to um, the head of Stand Up uh, Michigan last week, Ron. And uh, he was telling us about this big rally. And I bet some of you listening to me went to that rally. I'm just guessing. Actually, if you can call quickly. And you were there. And you want to tell me it's 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And I will skip my report on that just for a second to see if someone calls quickly. Uh, But to to tell you that protests are all over Europe, especially in France. People are in streets by the hundreds of thousands in defiance of a COVID-19 vaccine passport, which is starting today. Uh, People cannot access French Folk cannot access cafes, restaurants, long-distance travel, uh, and in some cases, hospitals. It was already in place for cultural and recreational venues, including cinemas and concert halls and sports arenas and theme parks. Uh, but now it's uh, cafes, restaurants, long-distance travel, hospitals. I mean, it's, uh, the people are out there. They are out beside themselves uh, trying to fight for their freedom. And meanwhile, in Michigan, uh, uh, hundreds, and h- almost a 1,000 people gathered at the Capitol on Friday afternoon. Uh, Tammy Clark, who is the executive director of Stand Up Michigan, basically said, now this is from a story I read in Epoch Times, uh, if we don't stop now, we won't get another chance. Let's show the government that the employees of this country will not tolerate this tyranny. We have inalienable rights, and we are not going to give them up. We must refuse to comply with the vaccine mandates and forced mask wearing at all costs. If you lose your job, go out and get another job. Uh, And then they had a couple of nurses speak. Beatrice, a nurse from Troy, Michigan, she said, being forced to take the shot or lose your job is like me telling a patient, take your pills or I won't feed you, bathe you, or care for you. Both instances violate the nurse's code of ethics. And Beatrice went on to say, Christina and I, and she's the other nurse, grew up in communist Romania, where doctors put things in your arms against your will. We know what this is. We lived under it. It's communism. Uh, Christina is an ICU nurse, and she said, imagine being banned from shopping for groceries at a store. Americans haven't lived through that kind of tyranny yet. Many of our fellow healthcare workers feel as we do, but are afraid to speak up. And so um, this this is at least a part of what happened in Michigan. They're fighting to stop any move toward a vaccine passport in Michigan. And Dr. Um, David Villa, Vela, uh, he's a medical doctor, warned the crowd against what he called a new age of medical fascism. He labeled mandated vaccinations as coerced gene treatment that violates the Hippocratic Oath, the U.S. Constitution, and every international human rights declaration, including the Nuremberg Code. And he said that the American people are suffering from, from a mass neurosis of fear. Renounce fear, shake off anxiety, follow the science, stand up and fight for medical freedom. There is no other America out there coming to save us. We must save ourselves. If we do not use the power we have, we will lose it. And so that's absolutely true. And so that's what happened in Friday. If you are uh, in a state that doesn't, you know, a lot of the states do have a stand-up organization or someone fighting back. And if your state doesn't, you might want to consider You know, organizing, If you you can contact them through Stand Up Michigan and figure out how to do this because several states have have adopted it. And um, all right, so that's, uh, there's a lot more to say about COVID. Yeah, there always is a lot more to say about COVID. And I think I'm not going to have time to take that call. I want to tell you one other thing. Um, This is huge, actually, and I have neglected it because I'm so fed up with Washington. I'll just tell you right up front, I'm so disgusted with most of the people there, probably 95% of them, and I've just given up on them, really. And I'll tell you why. 18 Republicans now joined the Senate vote to push the infrastructure bill closer to passage. What you don't understand probably, because I haven't explained it and you may not be reading this, and it's a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, and most of them don't even know what it's about. They're telling us it's for roads, it's for airports, it's all of that stuff. And yeah, we do need that. If you've traveled any, you can see that uh, America is kind of creaking under the weight of um, of, of um, aging infrastructure. It's a 2,702-page bill uh, that they don't even know what's in it. Senator Mitt Romney, you know, the trusted source, says it's a win for Republicans. And it's a win for Biden. It's a win for Democrats. It's a win for the Senate to say we can work together, that we've been able to overcome partisan differences, to do something that's right for America. Overcoming partisan uh, differences in the Congress is doing what the Democrats want. That's overcoming partisan differences, just to be clear. So they're going to vote on this uh, tomorrow. And um, they're not quite sure how they're going to fund it. At least half of it, according to the Congressional Budget Office, has not been paid for. The $1.2 trillion, Uh, President Trump says uh, he will withhold support from any Republican who votes for passage it will be very hard for me to endorse anyone foolish enough to vote in favor of this deal. Whether it's the House or the Senate, think twice before you approve this terrible deal. Um, so, uh, so that's an overview, but I want to tell you some of the things that we do know that are in the bill. Uh, they're going to do away with the Hyde Amendment language, so that means taxpayer funding for abortion. Uh, The 17, and they're also talking about making it very expensive to drive for regular people. Uh, It's found on page 508 of the 2702 bill. They want to track the number of miles you drive and start taxing you on how you use your car. and, And probably you'll be penalized for if you drive one of those big SUVs or one of those big trucks. They want to make it almost impossible for people to drive because they don't want us out. They want us constrained and uh, really uh, kept within a very short radius of our homes. That's really what this boils down to. Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Shelley Moore Caputo, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Kevin Kramer, Mike Crapo, John Hovind, Lindsey Graham, Chuck Grassley, Mitch McConnell, Lisa Murkowski, and others all voted in favor. We'll be right back.
2: Airing the Addisons.
0: Project Lincoln is a Republican outfit that hates Trump. But they are saying that they are going to go after other Republicans who favor Trump and track them. And they're going to keep the world up to date on where these people are so that they
1: never work in this country again.
2: Airing the Addisons, weekday afternoons at 2 Central on AFR. If you miss it, catch the podcast anytime at AFR.net.
5: To sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians, and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the mission of the Christian Worldview radio program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on American Family
1: Radio. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The New York AG announced that an independent investigation has revealed New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed numerous women, including current and former staffers from 2013 to 2020 in violation of state and federal laws. They also found the Cuomo administration was a hostile work environment rife with fear and intimidation, which included at least one instance of retaliation against a former employee who accused him of wrongdoing. Elected officials across the political spectrum have called for Cuomo to resign. To date, he's refused to do so. Listen each weekday from 5
2: to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. The youth of America face more and more
5: racism, anarchy, and lawlessness. Jesus is the only hope for our youth. They need God's word. Hello, I'm Tim Wildman, and we are so grateful to be associated with Revival Fires Ministries Truth For Youth Bible Campaign, which provides Bibles free to teenagers who don't know the Lord. The Truth For Youth Bible is
2: the entire New Testament, along with full-color comics that present biblical truth about moral issues, and it's also available in Spanish. Revival Fires International is giving one free to every teenager who promises to give it to a friend at school.
5: A friend at school gave me three Truth For Youth Bibles. I sat down and I read the comics in the front and I realized that I needed to recommit my life to Christ. I gave the other two Bibles to my two best friends and I'm praying and hoping that they'll recommit their lives to Christ too.
2: Truth For Youth Bible Week starts August 9th. Find out more or get a free Truth For Youth Bible at truthforyouth.com. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Maria Bartiromo is on to what is arguably the most important story of our time. It has a prominent business angle befitting the Fox Anchor's principal beat, but it is also of the utmost strategic significance as our financing of the threat posed to America by the Chinese Communist Party will likely determine our fate and surely that of our children and grandchildren. In three must-see TV interviews last week, Ms. Bartiromo exposed the utter indifference of a driver of this China-first strategy, J.P. Morgan's CEO Jamie Dimon, to the massive losses U.S. investors have lately sustained in China. And she featured two brilliant critics of Wall Street's underwriting of the CCP's rise, Roger Robinson and Jonathan Ward, who established that it is enabling the party's terrifying determination to dominate and destroy us. Maria's right. That must stop now. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
0: Sandy Rios back with you. We have, uh, when you think about all the difficulties and problems that we discuss every day, moment by moment, uh, like a flood, they're coming. Uh, You can't help but think of our children who are trying to... uh, trying to take all of this in. You know, depression is uh, really uh, very serious among children now, suicides, uh, because the world is in turmoil. And it's not just the moral chaos now that they're experiencing. uh, They're they're being told they're going to die, you know, in 12 years uh, from uh, climate change. So um, uh, if we don't do something about climate change, which is interesting, they should send that memo to God because I don't think he knew that we could control the climate. I don't think he designed the earth that way, but... That's what they're telling our kids. And so never has there been a more important time that our kids really need to know what the truth is and the anchor uh, who is uh, the creator of this universe uh, who uh, has offered us a way to be connected to him eternally and in this life to give us strength and courage to walk our way through this. Imagine not knowing that right now. So this is National Truth for Youth Bible Week. It's a cooperative effort between AFR, and Revival Fires International, and Tim Todd is with us this morning. He is the uh, president of Revival Fires International, and uh, Tim, good morning, and tell us, please, what what can, bottom line, what are we doing here, what do we need from people to help us?
5: Sandy, so good to be on your program. Revival Fires now, for the past 20 years, and this is the 21st year, has been partnering with... American Family Association, American Family Radio to give Bibles to teenagers that are Christians across America that will commit to give these Bibles to their friends in school that are unsaved. We're so thankful we've given away more than 1 million Bibles and received decision cards from more than 25,000 young people that we know of that have given their heart to the Lord and and got off of the road to hell and on the road to heaven.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Those are amazing numbers, Uh uh, Pastor Todd, and so this is kind of a—it's a, uh, a comic book-like Bible, right? It's the New Testament and what else?
5: Yes, it has the entire New Testament in the God's Word translation on a fourth-grade reading level to make it easy to understand, but very accurate at the same time, Sandy. But in the front section. We have a 100 pages of comic stories that deal with the truth about issues of moral concern that teenagers are confronted with every day. We deal with things like drugs and drunkenness and peer pressure. In the comics, we also deal with things like pornography, what the Bible says about sexual purity, homosexuality. We deal with cutting, sexting, bullying, suicide, honor, witchcraft, the Bible says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And God is setting young people free as a direct result of them looking at these comic stories and then the Holy Spirit doing the work in their lives and transforming their lives.
0: Okay. So let me be this. You, when we, you and I first talk, started talking about this, this is confusing to me. So I want to make it as clear as I can. You're not, you are not selling these Bibles. You're asking people. Uh, To ask their Christian grandchildren, children, uh, if they would be willing to hand, uh, give a Bible, give as a gift, a Bible to someone that they're concerned about, someone at school that they have observed, or just, it's a generous gift to someone, but someone has to pay for that. And that means that those of us who have a heart for this uh, would want to help them. And there are two ways to do that. You can uh, visit truthforyouth.com and you can order online anytime, truthforyouth.com. Or you can call 1-800-733-4737. I and mean, that's, by the way, is uh, they're not open yet. It will. Uh, they can start taking your calls at 830 Central Standard Time. So um, it's eight hundred seven three three four seven three seven. 800 733 4737 And you can buy, you know, one Bible. You can buy a whole a case of those. And then just make sure that you apply them and give them to someone, some of your kids or grandkids or neighbors who are believers who will share these Bibles. Uh, so... Pastor, I know that you have heard testimonies from kids. I would love to hear some of those because I think that's, that just helps explain what the power of this is. Can you give us an example?
5: Yes, Sandy. In fact, one young man by the name of Joseph in Jacksonville, Florida, he wrote, "My li-, and this has just been in the past several weeks, my life had completely spun out of control. I found myself in deep sin and eventually got caught by the police one of my friends at school gave me a Truth For Youth Bible that he heard about on American Family Radio. After that experience, I decided to surrender my life to Jesus Christ and place my life under God's authority. Thank you for the Truth For Youth Bible. Send me more, and I'll give them to my friends. And we did just that. This is a <laughs> transforming testimony that lets you know what God is doing with these Bibles.
0: You know, um most of my, of course, I have, I do have grandchildren, and they're actually with me right now. They just came back from Scotland, so I am around kids now, but usually I don't have a lot of children in my life, and I miss it. Uh, but I have adults in my life, and what I'm seeing, Pastor, is that um, I was just in Chicago over the weekend, and I have friends that are just, they're, they're watching the world, and they have varying degrees of understanding about who God is, very, varying degrees of relationship with Him. And I see this uh, this uh, Paul just, uh, just descending over them of worry. I see it on my um, email and other kinds of exchanges with uh, people who are in D.C. who are on the front lines. There is a discouragement and a worry and a concern descending. And I was trying to bring them a hope uh, just this week by just saying, uh, even though, again, varying understandings of who God is, varying commitments to him, Uh, But God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. And this is why our kids, this is your effort to help the kids be plugged in to the source of truth and encouragement for these difficult times. Do you have another another example?
5: Yes, we do. In fact, there was one young man by the name of Jared in Baldasta, Georgia. And here's what he said. As far back as I can remember, I was going to church, but just going through the motions, just doing what my parents told me to do. I went because they because they went. It was just a weekly routine. Around the middle around middle school I started cursing and looking at pornography. Things that I knew were wrong but I continued to do it anyway. In high school I started drinking, doing drugs and having sex. My life had completely fallen apart. I would feel good in the time I was doing it that I had it going on but then feel worthless. I I had a guy in my school that gave me a Truth For Youth Bible that he heard about on the radio. The comics were really well written and got my attention. God used the Truth For Youth to help me realize that I needed a real relationship with Jesus. I'm on track with Jesus now. Thank you. Some of my friends said they want one too if you can send more. And, of course, we did just that, Sandy. But this is a powerful testimony of what God is doing through these efforts to take back what the devil has stolen from our young people.
0: i say, okay, so let's get practical again. If you would like to help, and what you can do is, the idea is that you pay for these Bibles, but they're not going to go to you. You're going to make sure that they get uh, shared with kids in public schools or in private schools, for that matter. Private schools are not what they used to be, I have to say. And so if you'd like to help go to truthforyouth.com that's truthforyouth.com to order anytime um online and then if you uh, wait till after 8:30 uh, central standard time you can call 800-733-4737 800-733-4737 Pastor Todd you started with this with Revival Fires International a long time ago uh, has the has this has your approach altered and um, ha- are you f- are you feeling that the kids are in a different place now, or is it the same same that you've been dealing with for these past twenty plus years? There's so
5: much activity going on in our schools among young people right now, and there's so much despair—not just among the parents, but so much despair even among young people that are saying, uh, feeling like they 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 want to give up, and and they're saying the worst days are in front of us. I don't believe that. I believe that the greatest day for the young person is in front of us. And the approach that we're using, Sandy, uh, uh, it is legal for young people to give Bibles away in school during non-instructional time. And that, thankfully, over the 25 years that we have been doing this uh, uh, effectively, that approach has stayed the same with regard to putting the Bibles into the hands of Christian young people that are giving them to their friends that are not saved. And we're thankful for what God is doing through these efforts, and we're so thankful to be partnering with you Sandy with American Family the Radio American Family Association to make a spiritual eternal impact in the lives of these young people that are receiving these bibles.
0: All right, that sounds great. Pastor Tim Todd of Revival Fires International and you can go to truthforyouth.com, truthforyouth.com or call 800 800- 733 4737 That's 800-733-4737. Write that down. And remember, call them after 830 Central Standard Time. Pastor, God bless you, and uh, may God just prosper your efforts this week as we seek to save the world Uh, that needs saving right now. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
2: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast